and thank you for coming to the Just Bloody Post-It podcast. I'm your host, Helen Perry, and I make this show for people who are promoting, marketing and selling their work on the internet creatives and doers. This is the last episode of series four. And if you've been listening and enjoy what you hear, it would mean the world to us if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. When you're on the episode, just scroll down to the ratings and reviews bit to do it. So this week, it's a special edition. We're going behind the scenes on podcasts with Suze, the producer. I think it's just brilliant for business. You know, you get that connection with your audience. Sometimes it is just getting started, but yeah, I think it's great for for those reasons. You know, you're seen as an expert. It's a brilliant way of networking. It shines a light on your personality, which you can't do in seven second videos. You just can't do it on reels. When you're listening to someone for 20, 30 minutes, two hours, whatever it is, you really get to, to know them. Susie Dale and I met and worked together for the first time 20 years ago at BBC Radio One, where we were part of the Newsbeat team of reporters and producers creating daily bulletins. I think it's fair to say we were among the uncoolest people in the building, but perhaps I'm just speaking for myself. This was the era of Chris Moyles, John Peel, Pete Tong and Joe Wiley. They were golden times. And then life happened to us both. Sue's moved to the Middle East for a while and then back to podcasting production in Manchester. Me, I had kids and then I ended up on Instagram where we reconnected and who else would I want to produce my podcast. So this time we're going to talk about podcasts, why they work, what makes a good one, how to start your own. It's easier than you think. But first we went down memory lane. I wanted to know how Suze feels about the Radio 1 years and what she learned from them. God, it was so informative. And I don't know about you, but it was definitely like Press Gang, if you remember that show. You know, I think at that age as well, you know, you're you're maybe away from home or university, like for the first time living in a flat or with, with friends. And it became like our life, didn't it? It was, it was our family. So like my family were in North Yorkshire, where we now live. But then, you know, I'd moved to London and it was just everything was so big and sometimes I pinch myself because I think, you know, working at Radio 1, you know, you'd walk through the corridor and there would be Beyonce and that was just normal and you'd go to, you know. Honestly, it was. I remember Bill Clinton, Tony Blair. uh, I remember Robbie Williams having a fag on the fire escape and then walking back through the Newsbeat office. (laughs) Yeah, and that is exactly what it was like, you know, and and to have gone from rural North Yorkshire and then ended up at Radio 1, it was like, it was a dream come true, honestly. It was amazing. The people that we worked with were brilliant, you know, what they were doing. We were all so young and eager and we partied as well. Like we would go to gigs, there'd be offers of tickets every night of something that was going on. You had to be so resourceful. Like they would send you out in the morning and say, be in Birmingham with a report to file by 11.30am. And you just had to deliver it. Our boss at the time was a little bit terrifying, but you you wanted to as well. It was like you had this real sense of purpose, like the show, need, the show needs me. But like, there's nothing, I feel like there's nothing I kind of can't solve quickly because of that time pressure we were under every day. I think that's one of the things I definitely take away is that, you know, in your words, you know, they're, they're just bloody post it. You know, we every hour there was a deadline, you know, either, you know, producing something or getting something on air and you had to think quickly and, and then it was gone. 
And then I think kind of the, the other things I took from that kind of high pressured environment was you're always looking for new ways to to tell the story like you had to you know you had one story and it had to last the day and you were constantly looking for new ways and new angles to tell it and I think that was really it was a really good training the other thing that I think was so important is you had to have ideas ideas were currency you had to read so much and absorb so much news you know you were up very very early listening to five live or radio four or you know flicking through the papers so you get there at half seven in the morning and you you know who someone would, would always beat you and would grab all the papers that you needed to read whether it was the sun the guardian the times whatever it is and you had to absorb that information so quickly and then not just absorb it think of ways to treat those stories and that was brilliant training because you're always having to come up with ideas as I think it I mean, I draw on those skills that I learned like every day doing the job I do now marketing because it teaches you how to make things interesting. And because we were talking to a young audience of like 16, 17, 18 year olds, there was always this massive emphasis on attention span. You've got to get their attention within the first two seconds. You've got like three minutes to sum it up. And, you know, what could really be more like TikTok or something now or Instagram where you've got a few seconds to grab somebody's attention so it was awesome training for all that stuff as well as just the best of times I kind of wish I'd appreciated it more while I was doing it I think I was just terrified on a daily basis I felt out of my depth but we were we were fine we were doing it yeah and I think I think that was the thing the cycle of news is that you know the next day it was a brand new day and you could start again and you have to be quite resilient actually because if those meetings that we would have post-program you know minutes after coming off air and then things would get ripped apart again you know we didn't like that or you know you could have done this better and 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 you know that's that's the way it was we survived and now we're maybe in a calmer place Suze how did you get from working in newsrooms to podcast producing which you've been doing for the last few years yeah so I mean yeah I I worked in radio for a long time and like you said I worked in the Middle East and was still making news programs and reading news and that was interesting and then moved back to um, the UK near Manchester and was really looking for something different and I carried on with radio and I worked in prisons um, producing programs within prisons for National Prison Radio which is a a charity part of Prison Radio Association which was the most I think if you work in news you're fascinated by people and you're interested in what they say and that was a fascinating place to work and the people we worked with. Are you working with inmates are they yeah are they broadcasting and they're producing yeah. your help you're working with them that must have been yeah properly interesting yeah prison radio taught me a lot about sharing people's voices and how you do that especially when there's maybe been trauma it was fascinating and I still work with prison radio on projects because I think once you've worked in prisons it doesn't really leave you and then more and more people were talking to me about podcasts and I was you know working a bit more part-time and myself and my husband we set up story publishing so he's a writer so we often have (laughs) arguments about how things are written or how things are spoken so you know he writes in a certain way and I'm like yeah but you can't read that for radio it just doesn't work so he writes for companies and I grew naturally the broadcast side of things so still work on projects and working with broadcasters or charities but also there were more and more businesses approaching us saying 
we need your help because we just don't know where to start. Podcasting's a growing market, but you know, how do you make things? And I think with the radio experience, it just it just came naturally to 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 move into that you know there's a lot obviously a lot of similarities but what's beautiful is you know commissioners or editors uh, as the gatekeepers really they say what goes on your program or they say what leads the news but when you create podcasts you are the gatekeeper you you're setting the boundaries you're setting the agenda and that's what's beautiful about it is that you can create anything about anything so it gave a voice and it still gives a voice to people who are often voiceless and and have niches that they want to talk about. So sometimes it's just about helping them to do that. So that's how the podcasting side of things have grown. And I still do audio production and make programs, but the podcasting is, you know, it's growing and growing still. And I would love to know what you think about this, I suppose, total mixed messaging with content marketing, you know, on the one hand, you've got, it's got to be a video, it can only be eight seconds long. And if you don't get my attention within the first 1.5 seconds, forget about it. On the other hand, you've got this huge growing market for podcasts where people like quite regularly will sit and chat like we're doing for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, and people will listen to it. Well, people still buy books. I think more and more people are buying books. You know, if you want to read a book about a subject, you will read it. And I think the thing about podcasting is, you know, this seven second TikTok videos or seven second Instagram reels, it just doesn't, obviously it, it can't go deep. But I think people, if they still want to find out about a niche, they will, they will still give it time. And I think, there's some intimacy about podcasting like there is with radio that you build that connection with your audience and they will keep coming back to you because you are an expert and they they see you as the expert and you know every morning or every week you know Helen's sat in their ear telling them what they need to know so they don't need to look anywhere else you know people will give you two hours of their time if they are into it I mean I struggle with two-hour podcasts but each to their own really Something, though, that I know that you've become kind of increasingly passionate about is the fact that although lots of people are doing podcasts, loads and loads and loads and loads and loads, and I mean, po- the podcasting industry in America is, e- is even, you know, further ahead than it is here. But the imbalance of who's taking part in, uh, in that conversation is massive. The stats around men and women in podcasts and what can you off the top of your head can you recall what the the data is yeah because I I saw a brilliant talk um by the podcast boutique which is a company and their production company and they they have a campaign I think called we are Emmeline and it's around 22% of podcasts are hosted by women and I think 11% of the top podcasts, so that the highest rank ones are presented by women, hosted by women. And that's just crazy. I mean, they, they looked at some of the data behind that. And there's things like, you know, the barriers of tech, there's barriers of, do I sound all right? You know, the confidence around that. Why are women not wanting to put their expertise across? You know, some of it is to do with men listen to other men there are stats around they would rather listen to male voices but you've got to see women hosting podcasts to believe that you can do it they shared a brilliant um story and an example of um you know when guys come to this company and 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 say they want to produce a podcast they say and how are you going to get me in the top 10 whereas women say 
am I going to sound okay? And you're like, what, how is that different? And, you know, I think as we have a variety of people that we might read in newspapers or books, we need to see the same in in podcasting. So I think anything that breaks down those barriers is good. Um, And also I think women worry about time and how long it's going to take for them to do and actually you know there are really simple ways which I'll share later of getting started really easily and really quickly and if you've already got a business I know that um, from our own business you've got to do all the things as you would say you know and it feel might feel like another thing to have to think about but actually flip it on its head create your podcast and then everything that you make with that podcast, whether it be your show notes, uh, your scripts, your introduction, everything, you can repurpose elsewhere. So don't think of it as an extra thing. Think of it as actually I'm gathering stuff for a blog or I'm gathering things for Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. But yeah, the time doesn't necessarily have to be hours every week. I feel that at the heart of the issue is women being less inclined to think that what they have to say is worth listening to. You know, I just feel like we're less inclined to make that decision to put something out into the world. And then, yeah, definitely tech, definitely time, definitely money, all of those things. But I, I work with some brilliant women, Helen, and they have amazing expertise. You know, they've had long careers they have amazing things to say and still before I press upload they're like does it sound okay I'm not sure about this you know did I ask the right question and you know you're doing yourself an injustice really because you have amazing things to share you know like even before we started our chat today I said to you oh my god you know I'm coming on your podcast like what have I got to say and actually you know we've got 20 years you know in in that broadcast space and all I ever try and do is just share the stuff that I've learned because, you know, it's just a waste if you're not sharing what, you, what you've what you learned. You know, where's it going to go? Women listening, there's room for us to hear from you, I assure you. Right then. OK, so now if we've perhaps got a few people thinking, well, maybe I'll make a podcast. What makes a good one, in your opinion? What's at the heart of that? Something that's worth listening to? There are so many elements to it. And, and I wonder if you can overthink what makes a good one because... Because sometimes we listen to things, don't we, podcasts, and you think, I would never be interested in that. Why am I listening to this? But it still makes a really good podcast. So I think it's that um, it's how you communicate with your audience. So if your audience know you or want to find out more about you, are you hooking them in with what they're going to learn? I mean, I think especially like the things that you share, Helen, somebody's going to get something from that podcast. And what is it? You've got to spell out what is it they're going to get? What is it they're going to learn? And how are they going to feel by the end of it? And, you know, that can be really simple things. So when I sit with someone, we start talking about ideas, I say, look really micro, like for creatives, like what can somebody do today that will help them? So I'm working with somebody who's who helps people write books. And we were talking earlier, actually, about this. And I just said to her, just think about things that they can do today that will make them a happier writer. And then if they can take that away, they will keep coming back to you. That trust has been built. It's just being honest and sharing and not being afraid to share as well. Yeah, I agree because I think I'm still learning about what makes a good podcast after a year and a bit. And I certainly think it comes from your enthusiasm for your topic and and as, as much as you can, not hiding that, like having that genuine curiosity trying to forget about the fact anybody's listening the best podcast episodes are when you feel like you're sitting fly on the wall listening to a real conversation between two 
people. We love to know about other people and how they're living their lives because, you know, we only get to live one. I mean, look, we're always looking for information as to how we can do it better. So it's just it's almost like you can't say what makes a good podcast because you have to learn it when you start doing your own. Is that is that really what the answer to the question is? I don't know. The fly on the wall thing is really interesting because I think that's one of the things that makes a really good podcast host because when you're sat there and you're listening to a podcast and you've got a great conversation and you're suddenly going ask her about this or keep pushing her about that and and then the the host responds and they're listening and they move on and they they ask that follow-up question that sometimes normal humans wouldn't want you wouldn't dare to ask because you're like oh my god how can you ask that but actually if you're a great host you will and you'll push it and you'll follow up with a question but comes back to listening you've got to be a great listener to be a great interviewer and um yeah to to push even when that person is squirming in their seat and they're thinking don't ask me anymore ask it if you are thinking about starting a podcast feel like it would really add something to your content marketing feel like you'd enjoy it creatively where do you start how do we take down some of those barriers to getting it off the ground it's thinking about you know it's easier than you think and and taking away the barriers i think there's three things that are really important to think about is is your idea keep it as simple as possible so the stuff that you get asked about all the time talk about that simple ideas are the ones that you share on instagram tiktok all those things just start writing a list of the things that you're asked about frequently i think keeping it really simple and getting rid of the barriers would be the format as well so number two format by that I mean don't go for complex you know lots of different voices all those things just talk so your episode on a Friday the just bloody post-it notes is just you talking for I don't know 10-15 minutes sometimes less yeah less often less often more like five and that was your idea Suze and I don't think it had ever occurred to me because I'd actually never listened to a podcast like that I thought a podcast was 60 minutes basically and that's it that's kind of all it is or at least 30 minutes but you know just that is the easiest possible place I think you could start that whole process takes me around an hour to an hour and a half and then you do a little bit of editing on it for me but in terms of also cost as well if you did want a producer that would probably be the lowest cost cost way to work with someone is that right yeah and and what I think people come to you for and it's what people come to other people for is their expertise a nice juicy chunk of expertise and you get that you listen to that podcast and you hear stuff that I think sounds really natural the stuff that you've learned that week or stuff that you've been thinking about and anyone can do that it can be one minute it can be daily tips it can be two minutes every week just stuff that's on your mind or just stuff that you've been you know answering questions on so the format is really really interesting and that monologue is what you'd be looking for you can script it all when you write your script then read it out read it out because you'll go through and you'll say actually that doesn't sound natural at all like how would I speak to my friends and that is exactly what you're trying to replicate is you're just having a conversation with your friends you're filling them in like like I think I've heard you say before it's just like me having chat with with the girls like what's going well what's not going well and that's the stuff that's relatable and that starts conversations with your audience and it's a really simple way of starting it's not going to take you too long and the other thing is you've got that script written out perfect for show notes perfect for sharing elsewhere like I said it's anything you can repurpose and then the third thing for the barriers to get rid of the barriers there is something amazing and it's called 
Anchor. And Anchor has recently been acquired by Spotify. And in Anchor, you can record your podcast. It's free, by the way, and you can get it out within seconds. Can you edit in it as well? You can yeah, it's very basic. It. Yeah, yeah, very basic editing. Um, I'm just talking myself out of a job here, Helen. And, um, <laughs> and you can go in and if you were wanting to just start and just start creating something, you can do that. Because it's owned by Spotify, they have rights to Spotify, the music on Spotify. But if you were to put it elsewhere, then you would lose that music. But if you wanted to start, it's a really simple way of starting. So don't let it be a barrier. So say you were going to start your little mini podcast with just you, or I'd say the next most simple way of doing it would be just you and one other regular co-host that it's just the same person every week. And then you've got your anchor staff. And then what equipment do you need on top of that, do you think? So the best thing is to get a decent mic. So the Rode mic, which I recommended to you. So you could share um, the link to that one. It's just a simple USB mic. You plug it in the back of your computer and you're ready to go. I use some lovely headphones, but any headphones that you've got a cord. Yeah, I really don't like the AirPods or anything like that because I just find they interfere with the audio. But headphones, microphone, and yeah, something to record on. So a laptop or, you know, PC. I think if you're going to start anything, just start it nice and simple. I think sometimes it's really easy and I do it to overthink, you know, I've got, it's got to be perfect and I've got to have amazing guests and the artwork's got to be amazing and the music's got to be brilliant. Just stop. All you need to do is start doing the really simple things. Everything can change. You can change your artwork, you can change your platform, you can change your music. So don't feel like that is, you know, it's got to be set in stone and I've got to have everything perfect. You could change your name if you wanted to. I think it's just taking those little steps to start sharing. Yeah, I know loads of podcasts actually that I've been listening to for years now have evolved and changed their titles and the host is the same, but they just carry on going and, you know, you become very loyal to them actually. And I think that's where the real benefit of having your own podcast can be is that people become very much more connected to you having sat with you and listened to your voice you've been on that you've been on their dog walk with them or whatever it is and all of a sudden you know that kind of feeling of friendship and real warmth starts to develop and it really does sort of establish you as an expert in your field it's like oh they've got a podcast they must be serious they must know what they're talking about is that do you agree that that's yeah yeah totally and you know yes you're you're putting yourself as an expert so for instance you you know you're working the events industry well you are now the expert that people will look to you are making fantastic connections so if you are interviewing people you have a reason to contact them and I think it's I think it's just brilliant for business you know you get that connection with your audience sometimes it is just getting started but yeah I think it's great for for those reasons you know you're seen as an expert it's a brilliant way of networking it shines a light on your personality which you can't do in seven second videos you just can't do it on reels when you're listening to someone for 20 30 minutes two hours whatever it is you really get to to know them Finally, then a little bit of homework for people who have are feeling creative and are open to this idea. Which podcast do you love and would you recommend people go and listen to for sort of some different kind of inspiration? Oh my God, there's so many podcasts. I think, you know, I think there's something like 2 million podcasts out there. So there's something for everyone. Listen to the good, the bad and the ugly, honestly. Listen to stuff that you think you're not going to be into because it will give you ideas. So in the same way, like at Radio 1, we used to read every kind of newspaper 
listen to every kind of, of podcast whether it even be like drama podcasts like there's there's a brilliant one it's it's a little bit older now so the crypt the missing crypto queen which i just think the storytelling in that podcast series is just brilliant it's on bbc sounds obviously we're in a time of turbulence with politics so i love the rest of the politics with rory stewart and alice campbell i love the way they share secrets and yeah just give you a brilliant insight and i think we can reflect on that and and, and bring some of that to our storytelling within businesses you know what can you share that people don't know and kind of lifting the lid on on that on politics the other one I love is Annie Mack you know we were at Radio 1 at the same time as Annie Mack and her Changes podcast what I love about that is how she really listens to her guests and responds and and she's just so human like you can tell you know a great interviewer is when they sit there and they they must be exhausted by the end of the interview because they've listened and they um, respond and I think she's just a brilliant interviewer and finally Tortoise Media they are a brilliant outlet and they're very much audio first and they have some brilliant documentaries and short podcast series on there so they're fantastic storytellers and, and they have great conversations so but like I said, listen to everything um, definitely if you're going to start a podcast in a certain niche try and listen to other things that are out there and then go, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Or I really like that idea. So I'm going to magpie that one. Yeah. If you're going to start, start small. I think the main thing, and I think you do this brilliantly is consistency, be consistent, put stuff out. If you keep producing, you are going to grow. If you are there, you are building your audience. It might be slow, but if you consistently put stuff out, every week or however often you're doing it it will grow it you know things are getting easier but there's still hurdles and and that's where you know get help get help to to get over some of those hurdles but please start <laughs> oh and we're not going anywhere are we Sue? no we're, you're not even having a summer holiday helen <laughs> <laughs> I am. It's a secret summer holiday. We've batched some content. Um, Okay, listen, this was a joy, a pleasure. We'll do it again sometime. You had nothing to feel nervous about. Suze was nervous about this. Thank you so much. Thank you, Helen. So there we go. Is there a podcast in you? I kind of hope so. And no that you have something worth saying. Expand your idea of what a podcast is. It can be a two-minute thought right through to a 90-minute opus. Lots of helpful recommendations in there that are all linked in the show notes. And it's goodbye for now. We'll be back with Series 5 in September and we've created a few treats for you to enjoy between now and then. Don't miss out. Be a subscriber. Lots of love and thank you always for your time. See you soon. Bye. Bye.